This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome again to Cottage Talk Full Time. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now, all the way in Manchester, are Emilio Danello and Steve Reynolds. This is our initial reaction show to Fulham's two to one loss to Manchester United. Emilio and Steve were there. They're going to share their initial reaction. I'll share mine as well. It's a disappointing loss, guys, just to get us going. Before we do anything else, I also want to mention please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. Guys, you were both there, so let's just get your initial reaction. Emilio, first to you, thoughts on the 2-1 to loss? It shows how far we've played, Russ. Hello, Steve. Yeah, obviously we've, had a, we've had a good day out here to be up here in Manchester, but uh, it shows how far we've come when we're disappointed again to lose to a Champions League team for next season. You know, two 2-1 two league defeats this season. They nicked the last kick of the game win at Craven Cottage in November, and to be honest with you, it's uh, you know when you sh- you should have been two 0 up. Yeah. I thought a two 0 up, you're not going to lose that game. The minute you come away with it, I agree. Point, you come away with a point. I didn't. I, Man United. I said it. What through? I said it back in March after the cup defeat. I said it back in November. Oh. They're developing, but they're not. They're far from being a great team. A lot, no, this is probably the weakest Man United team I've known for many a year, and. To come away with a 2-1 defeat, it's disappointing when you've... Mitrovic, another penalty that he's missed. Something has to be sorted out in the summer there because that... Yep. You know, if anybody else missed four penalties this season, Tom Kenny missed four penalties, Harrison Reed missed four penalties, Vinicius missed four penalties, there'll be blood slayed against their names. But because it's Mitrovic, he's protected from the fans. Something has got to change. I'm pissed off, to be honest with you. He wasn't fit. He should have been taken off at half-time. And Harry Maguire, dare I say, had the better of him the whole game. Harry Maguire did a job on Mitrovic. And as much as I hate the guy, I applaud him for giving him... Mitrovic, gave, Mitrovic had, didn't even get a sniff the whole game, nope. to be honest. He was off the pace. And we knew he was going to miss. Why didn't he go with, why didn't he go with pace for that penalty? We'll talk about that in a, shortly. Yep. But, you know, I'm frustrated. This, this, you know, stop giving 
somebody so much positivity and don't criticise when it goes wrong. He, he lost us the FA Cup match, quarterfinal. Now he's lost us at least another point, if not more. So it's, this man can't keep giving, giving away chance after chance after chance. I'm really fed up with it, to be honest with you. And it's, you know, I'm frustrated with Mitrovic at the moment. He's letting the club down in many respects. Okay, excellent. Steve, over to you. I want to get your opening thoughts, but I want to work off of what Emilio said. I know that, uh, in my opinion, this is how I feel, that it was a missed opportunity. I think Emilio yeah. was talking a little bit about that because I think it was there for them. If they go up 2-0, I think mm -hmm. they at least get something out of this. So uh, yeah. what are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think that is, uh, I think, how most of us felt at the time. I mean, uh, we got the first goal. And I think the first 20, 25 minutes, we played very, very well. Um, but you get the penalty, you think, right, 2-0, looking at the United side, and you're looking at, as Emilio said, uh, the likes of McGuire, I'm looking at the others. I'm looking at uh, your Sancho's, I'm looking at your Rashford's. And they were absolutely... Nowhere. Poor, um, they poor, were very, poor. very poor. And I thought, as soon as we got that, I thought, right, okay, if we get this 2-0, we're there. Or oh, we're in with a good shout. Um, the last penalty he took, I did not even watch. I turned <laughs> away. That is how I think uh, Mitro is regarded penalties. Now... He was so Whether, assertive against Palace, wasn't it? That penalty took exactly. so much assertiveness and confidence last year. Why did he do the same again yeah. today? I don't if, get it. If you hit a ball with power, yeah. even if a goalkeeper gets his hand to it, mm. uh, the chances, you've certainly got a 60 40 chance of it going mm. in. That would have changed the game. Yeah. Now, okay. as soon as that went in, all the United fans who we hadn't heard a bloody whisper <laughs> from, all bloody game. Yeah. Okay, 70,000, and they were like bloody church mice. You couldn't hear a bit. <laughs> couldn't hear nothing. All of a sudden, they're up. And I thought, right. But the worst thing is we then, we sat, we started sitting back. We mm. went back in our, our little cove, mm. you know. And you could just see they got, United got more confidence because they, they got away with it. Um, and I think, I, th I think the penalty, the penalty issue has got to be addressed by Silver. Um, <laughs> no two ways yeah. about it. Um, mm. Mitro is not a penalty taker. He's not no. a Ward Prowse. And I hate to say it, but he's not, as much as I dislike the guy, he's not an Ivan Tony. No. Ivan Tony comes up. Clinical. Clinical, hard. One side, other, down the centre. Harry Kane, same thing with Harry Kane. Yeah, Harry, Harry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's how I'd sum up. First 20, first 20, 25 minutes, we were good. Mm. But that miss changed the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally agree with you guys. And I was going to say, that to me was the turning point of the entire match was his miss because it energised the players. And like you mentioned, the Manchester United supporters now felt that they could now voice themselves and basically got behind their their team and then everything took off from there. So that was definitely the big change of the match. 
And uh, that's unfortunate. But um, I want to just ask you guys quickly, and then, then we'll just break this down. I actually, Emilio, I asked this to you off air because I want to talk a little bit about the starting yeah. 11. And the big one that stood out for me was Harrison Reed not starting and Lukic starting. Now, I know how you feel about Harrison Reed, but I actually disagree with this. I know that you had mentioned to me you thought Lukic played fairly well in the first half, but I think that the chemistry, as you mentioned, we talked about this, is so much better with Paulina and Reed than Lukic and, and yeah. Paulina that that probably made a little bit of a difference. So I want to get your thoughts, both of you, on the starting 11 and this decision by Marco to start Lukic. It was so we both questioned it, didn't we? Both when we both saw the lineup just before, you know, about 45 minutes before the game, it just felt a strange decision. The only thing I could think we thought is maybe Lukic needs a bit of game time, a bit of confidence, you know, at the end of the day, but end, the end, of, the, end of season, end of not much to play for. That's what that's what I think, wasn't it? I don't, I don't think it was because I Harrison think... Reed was injured or anything, it was just more give Lukic a chance to play in a big stage. He's going to probably be an important backup or deputy next season, he's going to have more game time next year, so. You know, I'm not sure if that's anything to do with Paulinho maybe not being here next season. Right. But the risk of that, what's Lukic's role next season if Paulinho was to, to move on? So there's, I think there's a bit of discovery mode there as well. Put him in that big stage, put him in the deep end, nothing to play for, nothing to lose. And, you know, there's the first couple of moments, I think, I think it was Lukic was way off the pace. I remember we were both commenting. There was a moment when right. he, 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 was, he was out he of was position. 15 yards, yeah, he was yeah. 15 yards behind. But then he made a couple of decent runs with the ball. Going. When he carried the ball forward in a couple of moments, I thought he did he did quite well, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I um, but you're right though. I, I think there was that Paulinho Reed chemistry that was missing, and I think you know Man, Man United got a lot of freedom down the middle of the park. Absolutely, Emilio. Right, right Way too easy. Wait, wait. Hold on a wait. second. Wait a bit. Yeah. Wait a bit, yep. please. No, no worries, yeah. guys. Yeah, I think um, I think when we reached the yeah. There was uh, more ambition from United, mm. and I I think there was almost like a lack of ambition from us. We 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 started sitting back, mm. um, and we were allow, allowing them to come down the wings. Uh, I mean, outstanding player mm. would be Tete. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought throughout the game, Tete by miles was man of the match. Mm. Okay. Uh, no ways about it, but um, okay, cool. So, guys, let's now get into talking about the uh goal from Kenny Tete. I want to get both of your thoughts, Emilio. I'll start with you. This is actually a, a great corner and well deserved goal from uh Kenny Tete, very well taken. You could say Fulham didn't really create a lot up to this point, but you know what? I'll take the goal, and I thought it was a very good corner and a very good goal. No, absolutely. And I think it was, it was well. It was a well earned corner as well. So I think we were, we were attacking at times with a bit of flair and a bit of yep. positivity, weren't we? In that, in that first half, and I think we earned the right to that that corner. You know, with, you know, and then it was a good distribution. Again, it's you know, if you get a good ball into the penalty area, and, and Tenetete, you know, got in the in the near post. I haven't seen the replay. Could the keeper have done better? If that was our keeper, maybe. But I thought it was a clinical header in the near post. The header didn't, didn't have a chance. And Fulham, I thought, just with sheer determination, deserved to be 1-0 yep. up. Man United, 
we rode a bit of luck at times. Man United had a lot of, you know, in that penalty area, that all those fine, nice touches, one pass, they were a bit wasteful in front of goal. Let's yep. be clear, Man United were wasteful at times and probably deserved to uh, to you know, get something in that first half before we, you know, we, missed, we missed the penalty. But overall, we did exactly what we did back in March. Take the lead, get our noses in front. And I thought we looked comfortable at that point. Yep. You know, at the point we scored a goal. And then that's when we let, let our guard down a little bit. And Man United started creating more chances. They raised their game a bit more. And, you know, they did look dangerous. And to be honest with you, I thought it was only a matter of time before Man United were going to equalise. But then we had the penalty incident. So, actually, that turned everything around on its head again. It's a good point. Let's go right there because we've already talked a lot about it. And I'm going to share that. And, Emilio, you and I were talking about this. You guys might not be aware of this. But Mitro actually set a Premier League record. <laughs> Four misses. Out of eight, 50% from the, the penalty spot this season. Mm. It is a Premier League record for misses. Enough. That is not good. But I want to talk about that was legitimate penalty. Mm. And then he's coming up. Now, if I remember correctly, the last time he took a penalty, he went to the left. This time he goes to the right. And De Gea was all over it, guys. Yeah. So yeah. I want to just talk a little bit more about the penalty. Steve? Are you a hundred percent on that he should not be taking penalties anymore? Yeah, I I don't think he should. Um, I think the last penalty, if I remember, you, you're correct, Russ. I think he hit it to the left, but he also hit it with hard, power. With power. With power. With a lot of power. It, was, it was just maybe a foot below the bar, which is like the ideal place. Um, as soon as we got awarded the penalty, as soon as he stepped up, I, I said, Emilio, he's <laughs> going to miss. Mm. I just bloody knew it. Um, and how many points have we possibly lost because of penalties this season? I don't know. And uh, previous seasons as well. Let's not be honest. Not just this season. It's like, in oh, I agree. What, what, could someone go out and find what's Mitrovic's record for Fulham with penalties over the last four seasons, five seasons? It's not the first time he keeps missing penalties, and it, yeah. it's we can't, you know, we can't keep losing points. Next, next season, every point is crucial. Oof. Every point is crucial, and we, you got two a golden chance to go two yeah. and up at Old Trafford, which I think come on, I, unheard I think, of. I think two nil. I think we might have nicked it. Um, okay. Even if we'd taken a draw, oh. I would have taken a draw, but it just changed. That changed that uh, game changer, Russ. Totally. The minute the match really changed. And so, but then let's talk about, let's go in a little bit further and you get late in the first half guys. And this is really the kick in the uh, stomach for me was the uh, equalizer from Sancho. Mm. Listen, it's a good goal. It's a, it's a good setup from Manchester United, but did you see this coming? You had to have seen it coming because they were dangerous. Both guys to talk to both of you, they were very dangerous I can say that they really deserved the goal because they created many opportunities. Emilio, your thoughts on the equaliser? It was inevitable, wasn't it? You know, whether they were playing well or not, it was inevitable they were going to get at least something out of the game, if not win the game outright. And they were knocking on the door for some time. You know, they, they were wasteful in front of goal. But again, it felt a little bit too easy. You know, it's, it's Chancho got the better of Robinson. Got a board. Again, if you're putting the ball in the danger area, you're putting the ball in the six-yard box, it's going to create mayhem to any defence. And I just thought sometimes, I just felt like we put them were panicking in, in defence. You know, we just weren't able to clear our lines. And, you know, to be honest with you, it was 
it was only a matter of time before they were going to equalise, and it sort of comes what ten minutes before, ten minutes before half time, sort of a, a good time for them. It changes a half time team talk, and um, you know it, it quiets on our fans. I know our fans kept, kept singing right through the game, but uh, you know when you know you're in reasonably in control, one nil up. They were wasteful, I get that, but you know you you've got to seize. That's an opportunity when you've got a penalty in a in a, in a seventy thousand stadium, one 0 up to go two 0 up. You've got to take those moments. And sorry, Mitrovic, again, I think you cracked up under pressure again. You know, when the pressure counts, when the pressure's there on your shoulders, at times you're letting the side down. And I'm being fair to be critical. You can't just applaud someone to be a top goal scorer if you, if you if you're play, if he's not if he's weak in a certain type part of his game. That needs to be addressed in the summer. The question, no, I ask Steve is. Who legitimately would have taken that penalty today? The only other option was probably Tom. Yeah. Tom I was going to say probably Tom Kearney, right? Tom. I, I you know, would go with Tom Kearney. That, you know, so that, so maybe that, if Pereira was playing, I think he would have taken the penalty last Saturday right. and never would have taken today's one, but he's not playing. So who's your backup, Tom? And we know Tom's record of penalties is not particularly great either. So no. I think, yeah. I think to be honest, he had no choice, but, you know, but, you know, we paid, we paid the price for, you know, for, for a mistake. Absolutely. You know, they had to make the save. Give, give the keeper credit to make a save. But when you place a penalty and don't play it with, don't take it with pace, you're right. There's yeah, a six yeah, percent chance yeah, the goalkeeper yeah, yeah, yeah. will make a save. You're, gam- you know? you're, yeah. Like, you're yeah. gambling. You're gambling. You're gambling. Okay. The wrong way. Okay. Yeah. And Steve, I want to go to you to finish up talking about the first half. This to me is something that stood out. Again, it's one-one at the half, but I think Burn Leno really mm. kept Fulham in the match. He had some really great saves. Your thoughts yeah. on him? Because for me, I think there's a shout for him to be player of the, of the season. Your thoughts on the play of Burn Leno in this match, especially in the first um, half, Steve? I think Leno, uh, his positioning is superb. Um, he's got a lot of confidence. And how many points has he saved us this season? <laughs> Everyone's going to go Metro or... Uh, Polinia for player of the season? No. I'd go for uh, I'd go for Burnley. Then as my player of the season. You know, okay. I would yeah, put in a hundred percent. Because after the we missed the penalty, we went back in shell. Right. And we just let them come on to us, come on to us all the time. And it, it was, as me and media said, we knew what was coming and it it came. Now, is that a fault of management, how we play? Um, I don't know. Uh, that's another, probably another discussion. But um, it, at the end of the day, it, we just lost it. And I think he kept us in it. No two ways about it. Um, certainly in the first half, uh, leading up to the second half. Okay. Very good. All right, guys, let's transition. Let's talk about the second half. And we're going to go right to talk about the uh, match winner from Bruno Fernandes. And, Steve, I'll go right back to you. I'm not a fan of Bruno Fernandes at all. I'm going to say, Russ. Okay. You're not a fan of Bruno Fernandes. And Uh, I got to tell you, this. I hate him. Um, (laughs) Sorry, mate. Uh, You know, you've got to say what you see. he was moaning left line center again all game, <laughs> game all it, game really linesman you know um you know i i appreciate his skill 
but I hate this constant <laughs> moaning and everything. And he makes he makes me try look like bloody Mother Teresa. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, but you can't you can't go away from his talent. But yeah. we again we allowed yeah, through the middle. We, go, we gave them so much room, and they were coming through the middle all the time. Jedi did not have a good game. No. Sorry. Uh, the connection between him and William was... Mm, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. Kenny, uh, superb. Um, and I think even uh, Diop and uh, Tosin. But there was but a warning it, sign before. That I was, was going to say... Sign. When they all came over, they both. What were they doing? They were both, I have no were, idea. I'm glad that you doing? mentioned that, Emilio, because I was there just was about to bring that up. Because we yeah. saw we, the other end of the pitch. It just seemed that like there was a ball down the middle, yep. bouncing high. Whether they're both saying, "Am I hedging? Are you hedging it?" And then I, I don't know who was it, Rashford or something. Just poked. It was it. Marcus Rashford. He just poked it, it wide. Rashford, yeah. What the hell were the two defenders doing? Were they waiting for each other? I don't know what was going on there. And then lack of communication. Yeah, it was a lack of communication. But that was a warning sign. And then a few minutes later, bang. Fernandez popped up where he's clinical. We know he can do. You can't give it that guy in that much space in that danger area. And it just felt like, you know, that one minute could be 2 0, next minute you're 2 1 down. It's like, well, you know, it's just frustrating. But the warning signs were there. And we didn't come out of the blocks particularly well, second half. We, yeah, I, we I think we, we, we were slow we, off the mark. We, we were slow off the mark yeah. yet again. And to be honest, if you look at the vast majority of our games this season, we have taken 20 minutes to get going in the second half. Mm. In which case, a lot of a lot of the time, you would say that's when we should uh, yeah. well go on to substitutions if it's right. okay with you, Russ, later on. But that is, we you could just see it, you know. Um, I wanted the manager to be more bold. You're two one down, nothing to play for. Make a, make changes. Be bold. But he went, he went a bit safety first. and I, 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 you know, I Again, I question the substitutions again. I think Mitrovic should have come off at half-time, had a poor game, should have been taken off when you... It, it's, it's, Mitrovic, it's, Mitrovic is yeah. I think Mitrovic not, is 70% fit. Wasn't fit today, wasn't fit. You can see he clearly wasn't fit. He was, he was chasing shadows at times today. Forget okay. the penalty miss, that's just at one moment. But the but, his contribution, not, in, not, yeah, not enough his, his general play was poor. Yeah, poor. Um, uh, okay, right, so... We'll get shot down for that, probably. But who cares? Um, okay, so with the substitutions, guys, do you think that was it the timing of it? Was it the mm. the passive nature of, like you said, the like for like to begin and then to take mm. Mitro off so late with Vinicius? Is it really all the above from you, Emilio? Yeah, I, I would have made more made positive substitutions right from the word go. Two one down, nothing to lose. Go for it. Against a team I don't particularly rate, they can they can claim all the success they want. They're not that good. They're not that good. They are not. They're not good. You know, they're fourth. They finished top what top four. They've got a lot. Today's win, I think they might have ended up third above Newcastle. But at the end of the day, they've they're not that good. They're not great. I've said it all along. But no, I would agree with that. Top four. They finished top four, and they were there for the taking today, and in March, and in and in November. Each time we've just. Fell a little bit short each and each. Just occasion. that much, Emilio. You're right. A little bit short. We're just falling right. short each time, and that's how we need to improve next year. Next year, we've we've lost by the odd goal in many games this season. How do we convert those one one goal deficits to draws 
how you convert draws to wins, and next year we can we can progress. But that to be that is the difference between us and United. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. take the opportunities. Yeah, yeah, we didn't take them. Yeah, and that's yeah. why they are fourth. Yeah, and we well, are. We've had a yeah, great yeah, season yeah. at 10th, but that is... Fine margins, fine margins. Very, very fine margins. Yeah. Right. And we're going to end the show with a Scott Parker reference. Fine margins, but that's good. That's good. I like it. We love a Scott Parker. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay, coming up next, to end the show, we're going to talk about Man of the Match. I'll get final thoughts from the guys on the match, and I also want to ask the guys their thoughts on the three teams relegated. That's how we're going to end the show, coming up next. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, guys, we're back. So let's talk about your final thoughts on how this match played out at the end. Did you feel that they were going to get the equalizer? Or did you think it was inevitable that it was going to end 2-1 to one or or maybe worse. First to you, Emilio. I thought we didn't give ourselves enough time to go and get that equaliser. I thought when we made the more aggressive in the substitutions, we had, you know, Dan James came on, made a reasonable, you know, positive impression. Man of Solomon, nothing, nothing. a few moments here and there, but again, very quiet. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk, I want to talk about at the end of the game, I'll send you the pictures offline when... Yep where he was positioned compared to the rest of the Fulham players on the pitch after the game. We'll talk about that in a moment. But okay. I thought Vinicius looked hungrier, more determined, chasing the balls down. We didn't give them enough time. They should have come on for 30 minutes, not for 15 minutes or so. That For me, that was a faux pas from the manager. But overall, I, De Gea made a good save. You know, let's be honest. Was, you know, Tom, even Tom Kenny. Let's give Tom Kenny some credit. Won the penalty. Yep. There was a couple other free kicks he won in, in key positions. And he was sniffing in that penalty area as well. With better finishing, and there was a moment in that second half when Tom Kenny shot over when he should have done better. He should have hit the target. We thought De Gea got a fingertip on him. The referee gave it a goal kick. But for me, it looked like De Gea was ready. Tom made some important moments, but I think we didn't. We weren't composed enough in the, in, the, in the penalty area. And again, when you want to when you're chasing a game down, you've got to create opportunities. You've got to make the keeper work hard for those for those saves. And you've got to be clinical in front of God. I, I just felt that was through willing, trying, wit, pace. I, don't, I didn't think that goal was ever coming, to be honest with you. If okay. anything, man, you know, if we, I think to Steve's point that we were saying in the game, I'd rather we were more aggressive to get an equaliser for the sake of losing 3-1. Okay. Like okay. We did so we were FA too Cup passive. Game. Yeah, maybe a bit too passive at times. We've got to be a okay. little bit more aggressive and more hungry to get something out of the game rather than just trying to pass the ball into the net at times. Okay. Steve, your thoughts? Um, I mean, 
I basically agree basically what uh, Emilio was saying, but I think we just lacked anything in the second half. I could not see. I I agree that the changes should have been made at the 60th minute. Mm. Um, and personally, I mean, Emilio probably made the screen, but I would have stuck Vinicius on along with Mitro. Okay, it's the last yeah, game of the season. Yeah. We can't go up, we can't go down. Let's go for it. Okay. You know, they, they, you know it's almost like a Ted Lasso. <laughs> Let's go for it. We, do you know what I mean? Russ? We've got nothing to bloody you got to bring up Ted Lasso. Okay. I always bring up Ted Lasso. Uh, okay. But we've got nothing to lose. But I thought, I thought the substitutions when they come on, uh, Solomon, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've said it for a long time now. Uh, everyone talks about five goals in three games, or whatever it was. What has he done since? Since nothing. Um, I'm sorry, Dan Jones. I'll give him credit. He worked. And he played quite yeah. well. Uh, he 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 worked. But at the end of the day, watching it with 20 minutes to go. Uh, it was more fun taking the pee out of the Man United supporters, <laughs> which I was doing violently with the police all around me. But nice. But it was more fun doing that than watching <laughs> the bloody team. Um, yeah. Well, that's not good. And that, you, that's know, not and good. I, you know, I'm for them. They were there for the take, and that's the frustration. Yeah. When, when James yeah. came on, looked lively on the right. Salomon made some, you know, some, some moments there from him, but not enough. Benicius right. was chasing the ball, but we left ourselves a bit not enough time to go and chase Aguilar. The Man United was celebrating as if they'd won the Champions League, to be honest right, with you. Right, right, right. Well, we, you know, uh, uh, Russ, you heard nothing from United for the first 25 minutes of the game. I mean, we were singing, is this a library? <laughs> you know, because um, you couldn't hear anything from United. Yeah, as okay. soon as they scored, didn't they? Then yeah. all of a sudden they're up and they're giving it large, you know... Um, Okay. I, I, I think, well, I, I think we rolled over. I think we rolled over and had our tummy tickled. Because that's what I said at the beginning of the show. It's like we can come away from Old Trafford and be disappointed to lose by one goal. That's how far we've come. So, look, I, yeah. you know, I thought I thought we did okay today. Uh, there's areas we need to improve for next season to push on. But we've okay. finished 10th. You know, we didn't have to fight for our lives today like the other teams at the bottom of the table. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, we I took agree. the game to Man United, Old Trafford. Yeah. I, I thought we didn't do too bad it's today. It's just, we're working just, progress. Yeah, working progress. We're it's working a project. Progress. It's a project. Okay, yeah. excellent stuff. Guys, let's go to man of the match. First to you, Steve. Who's your man of the match? Um, I'm going to go for Kenny. Mm. I, I thought Kenny was yeah. superb throughout. Yeah. Um, he's tracking back. He's a uh, the way he moved forward and everything else. Uh, and mm. he hadn't got, normally Kenny likes work with BDR. Mm. There's no BDR for him to play on. So he, he I think Kenny worked his backside off. He did, off. he did, um, he did, you know. I thought, um, yeah. Got the goal uh, as well. Yeah. Okay. He got the goal. I mean, he read in front of the goal. I would have still given it to uh, Kenny. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think he was the, uh, he stood out. Yeah. Okay. Would you agree, Emilio, it's Kenny Tete? Yeah, it is for me. And what I've liked about his game the last month or so is the aggression he's brought into his game. You know, yeah. he's not yeah. he's not that Mr. Nice Guy, 
gentle. He's actually getting into a few spats for some of the opposing teams, and I like that about him now. Yeah. He's, 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 he's added he's that to his, players He's up. winding players up. He's, he's make, sometimes making a meal of some of the fouls against him. You know, he scored a goal there today. I actually like that physical aggression to him now. He's a little more... He's added a bit more bite to his game. Yep. And I think that, that, then that's a tactic coming from the from the coaching staff. So that I like as an additional... He's got, he's got he's more got, of that. He didn't have that in the season. I'll tell you what, Russ. He's got a bit of Boa Morse. Yeah, yeah, there is. He's it's, got that little bit of Boa. Yeah, and really you know, bringing the yeah. crowd up. You know, don't bugger yeah, yeah. yeah. me. I, I like that in him. I like that I'll keep it polite, Russ. Oh, uh, no, you're you're doing a, you're doing good, Steve. I just want to mention that black, white, and Fred says <laughs> Kenny for a man of the match. Leno close second. I also yeah. want to share uh, this comment, guys. I want to get your thoughts, Emilio. I think you're going to agree with this. Can't believe we lost all three yeah. games against them. We got to learn to be more ruthless. Your thoughts? Yeah. yeah, exactly what I've said. You know, the fact that we've marginally lost all three games twice when we've been up. The lot, one at home, literally lost kick of the game. I just you know when you get. In the Premier League, it is a ruthless yep. league. Every moment you get, whether it's you know a deflection, penalty opportunity, whatever it is, you've got to take your chances. And next year we might not be so lucky. We might yeah. we may be counting on Wolves dropping points, Newcastle away dropping points, this right. game dropping points. They're adding up now, accumulating. The fact that we can go back and reflect honestly and and I would say without being biased, games where we should have grabbed more points and. Next year, we may be... We, well, I think those points I, might be more important next year than they have this year. This I, year, I, we've got yeah, to... Yeah, I, I think you, we've got to sit down yeah. and learn from the games we've lost and why have we lost them. Mm-hmm. Invariably, okay. it is like... Um, I'll go the referee side. Uh, we have had some bad VARs, etc. Mm-hmm. But we are not clinical enough. Yeah. And that is something that uh, Marco has got to address. Uh, okay. You know. All right, good stuff. Emilio, back to you before we wrap this up. I want to get your thoughts. You already talked a little bit about after the match ended with the players. I want you to go back to that. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. obviously, all the, Fulham, all the Fulham fans, you know, Fulham, play, Fulham fans are obviously singing their hearts out throughout the game at the end of the game. Man United players are obviously waiting to do their end of season parade and all that like we did last week. But all the Fulham players came into the pathway into the into the half, all facing the fans, applauding them, talking silver kick. Man of Solomon was outside of the group. Now whether he was emotional, sad, trying, whatever it may be, all the Fulham players, those who kept, those who were on the bench and those who were substituted all came to applaud the fans. Yeah, Salomon yeah. was about a couple meters away from on the side. I'll show you. The, I can send you the photograph to show you yeah, what I mean. Right. But whether I'm just reading too much into it, but it felt like is there an emotional? He looked, fail? Disjoint, he looked disjointed. Yeah, away did. from the team. Yeah, uh, i.e. I'm going. I don't care where he goes. Uh, Who came to applaud? Harrison Reed came. Uh, I got a picture of Harrison Reed applauding him or hugging him. Yeah. And there was okay. some might have been Tom Kearney, but there was. But other than why that, was he part of that group? It just felt unless he wanted to be on his own. Away from the action and just wanted this, you know. I don't know. It, I don't know. It, it, just, wasn't, it, it wasn't there. It wasn't it's there. The last game of the very season. strange. Very strange. You've okay. got three and a half. You've got three and a half thousand who have gone air train mode. Whatever. They've all managed to get up there. I mean, we've flown in from Spain for the last game as usual, mm. and you sit there and. You've got all these fans behind you yeah. who are singing our hearts out. 
<laughs> and it's almost... He was on the periphery, on, wasn't he? He's yeah. on the periphery. He's, yeah. he's, he's almost disjointed. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe it was personally wanted to stay alone and, and cry and sob or okay. wanted to soak that in. But there's clearly something there. Read what okay. you want in it. You know, we can speculate as much as we like. I mean, sure. From, from a personal point of view, if he's still at Fulham next season, I think he should take penalties. <laughs> but that's just me just being me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great way to wrap that up, Steve. Thank you for doing that. Okay, no before worries, we go. No worries, man. Okay, before we go, I want to get your thoughts because, again, we now know the three teams relegated. Are you surprised that the three teams relegated are Leeds United, Leicester City, of course, Southampton had been prior. Everton survived. Everton, I got to watch the end after our match ended. And they actually beat Bournemouth. So your thoughts on the three teams relegated? Um, Emilio. I've got him. Um, I think the fact, I think the, the biggest thing we should note is the three promoted teams last year all stayed up. You know, that's, that's, that needs to be fine. Yeah, yeah, how many years that's happened? Uh, 18 years. 18 years. So more respect needs to be given to Bournemouth, Fulham and Forest for surviving this year. But yeah, you'd, nobody would have predicted Leicester for sure getting relegated. Leeds, similarly, I thought Leeds have got, had enough depth there, but you know we we saw it ourselves. If you change your manager three, four times in a season, you're not going to survive. You you live by the decisions you make. Southampton got rid of Ralph. They brought in Nathan Jones, not good enough. Third manager that went down. So to be honest, what's the trend here? You know the only trend is Leicester. If they made a change earlier, they might have they might have had more chance. But Leicester's probably the one I'm most surprised with because you know they've got enough quality in that in that squad, but. You know, I've always said this 38 games doesn't lie. You're there for a reason. Okay, very yeah. good. Steve, your thoughts, and then we'll wrap up the show. Oh, God, Russ. Um, <laughs> you know my thoughts on Leeds United. Um, uh, media's love hearts uh, under Bielsa. They could do nothing wrong. They, as a team, as a fan base, they believe they should be in the Premier League. That's right. Uh, I they've agree with got that. there, and I'm to be perfectly honest, I love on like twelfth man with Dan Potts, there's a uh, Joe. Joe, yeah. Who's a really good guy. But I'll tell you what, they're back where they belong. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, you know, Leicester I think was it was coming, one way or the other. Yeah. You cannot keep changing bloody managers. How many managers between Leicester and Leeds have they been this well, season? Well, look, let's look at let's take Leeds as an example. They got rid of Bielsa and they've they've gone backwards since then. Tony yeah. Khan, if you're listening, sign that bloody contract with Marco Silva and keep him because yeah. he there you goes. Go, he goes. We should be worried next season. So Absolutely, Tony Emilio. Khan, listen to this show. Yeah. Get that fucking pen out, excuse my friend. Yeah. Sign the contract yeah. and well, let and let's build for next season. Give him what he okay. wants. Okay. Okay, Emilio, that's a one pound for the uh, swear that's jar. One pound for the sorry, yeah, yeah but no, that's fact, okay. Also, Russ, there's one point of, uh, which uh, we'll probably do later uh, podcast is what are the pickings from Leicester and Leeds United going down? Right, we can do how a whole show good, on that. How many? Yep. How many players are there? And Southampton potentially. And Southampton. Southampton. Yep. There's a lot of good players. Uh, they're picking, but mm. hey, who gives a, hey, who gives a shit? What tense? Okay, now another palm for the swear jar. What are you guys what? doing to me? 
We've had a, well, I don't care. We've had a bloody good season yeah. that nobody expected. Yeah. Every single pundit in the press put us down. Yeah. And we have turned it round and we have stuck two fingers up to the lot of them. Okay. Let's, Guys, may, may it well continue, Russ. Okay. Let's start next season. Okay. I'm going to wrap it up. I just want to give a real quick thought on the teams relegated. I didn't want Leicester City to get relegated, but they've been relegated. And uh, good for Everton for surviving. I actually wanted them to get relegated. I, but you me know, too. me too. I yeah. wanted Everton to get relegated, but they did enough. So kudos to them. On Leeds United, I'm going to call it the uh, revenge of Jesse Marsh. He finally gets his say on that. That's... Take America out of this, Russ. Come Sorry, on. I have to go there. I have to go the revenge of Jesse Marsh. <laughs> Anyways, I just wanted to share that. And I'm not happy that Southampton went down because I always liked Southampton. Yeah. So I'm not good happy team. about that. Yeah. But anyways. Good All right. Good good stuff, guys. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Emilio, thank you for doing the show. No, thank you very much, Russ. It's been good to meet Steve uh, today here up in Manchester. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you're heading back to Spain I'm, tomorrow. Uh, I've got uh, taxi books at five o'clock tomorrow morning to go back to Spain. So, uh... <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I expect to be hearing from you soon, Steve. So, I'll be talking to you soon. <laughs> yeah, you'll yeah, always yeah. hear from me, Russ. You know okay, that. excellent <laughs> stuff. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. For Emilio Donella and Steve Reynolds, both in Manchester, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, now part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.